0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The moment may have hit you where you realize, my gosh, these people supporting Hamas really are the KKK. I'm talking to you, political left. I'm talking to you, all the people who scream about DEI. I'm talking about you, the woke. You are no different. None. I come for the fight. But not with you. Not with those people. I do not come to argue with the people who are part of the KKK. Who are the villains. Who are the enemies of free and thinking people who sit by and watch the attack on Jewish Americans and others with glee while claiming the attack is on them. No, 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 no. I don't. I pay no attention to these people at all. They are despicable, awful people who should be written off. I need you to understand it. I need you to see it for what it is. And then... Make a determination about what to do about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. This is, is part of a, a larger conversation where I've seen people who are Jewish uh, post and social media and engage in conversations. I'm Jewish and I'm scared. I'm not. I'm Jewish and I'm not. You might be Jewish. You might be. You might not be. You might be not Jewish. You might be. You not be. Scared, I don't think, helps anybody. Scared is an emotional state of mind, and I'm not interested. In emotional states, I'm interested in what our plan is. But to understand where a plan needs to be, you have to understand the people that you're dealing with. You have to understand the levels of the bigotry and the joy of the bigotry. let's start with it with it with a baseline let's start with sunny Hoston over at the view i know what you're saying i know what you're saying why in the world would you do that to us tony that is just downright rude oh no, god it has to get done no god please would no! you no i'm telling you that no. come on now no what she's just interviewing adam kinzinger you know, the former congressman who told us we were all evil for things we didn't do on January 6th. Remember when they told us that January 6th was akin to September 11th? But somehow, October 7th, when 1,400 Israelis were murdered, that's just, you know, well, they they had it coming. They had a, you see, what Israel's problem was, is that their skirt was just too short. That, that's what the, That's what they did. That's what happened. You see, when they, when they walk around Charlottesville with, with tiki torches and they scream, Jews will not replace us, that's the worst thing in the world. But when they murder 1,400 and they rape the women and they set them on fire, well, you see, you got to understand. The people coming to the defense of Hamas and coming to the defense of the students who have come to the defense of of Hamas are the people who actually say, well, there are very fine people on both sides. Something Trump never said. He never said there are very fine people amongst uh, those in in Charlottesville holding tiki torches. But of course, the, the lie went forth and it still goes forth. But those people outraged will now tell you that there are fine people who are fighting the Nakba. What is Nakba? It's the word for catastrophe. What's the catastrophe? That Israel exists in Toto. That it exists at all. So let's start with a baseline. That the issue for the left is the support of those who don't believe Israel should be allowed to exist. They believe in eliminating, eradicating a country. They are the believers in genocide. I know what they say. They say Israel believes in genocide. Because that's what they do. The technique is to take what they are doing and then claim that their opposition is doing that exact thing. That is Alinsky 101. That is Marxism 101. It is clear and obvious that the supporters of Hamas want to destroy Israel and they don't care if they destroy every Jew as well. As a matter of fact, that's what they favor. But let me go back to the Sonny Hostin thing, this question that was asked to Adam Kinzinger by Asuncion hosted. Remember, she doesn't think we're smart enough to be able to say the name. It's super weird. Listen, I have a
1: question wow. in terms of more a more targeted way of approaching this. I mean, you you were in the military, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what happened? I mean, is Israel has such a sophisticated uh, military organization. Why not have special forces be able to go in there and cause less civilian casualties? Are. Why are they not more yeah. targeted? Because because you know you know about international. War crimes, mm-hmm. and if you are collectively punishing a people by air bombing a refugee camp, mm-hmm. it's quite possible that the and th- these are not even my words; these are the words of our former president, President Barack Obama. You could then be charged with war crimes.
0: Well, if anybody knows about being charged with a war crime, it's the guy who droned his own citizens, Barack Obama. But here she is on the View to ask the question. Why isn't Israel doing it better and engaging in a conversation de facto that Israel is guilty of war crimes? So she's already, you know, she's setting the table. Just like all these leftists have. No discussion of what Gaza has done regarding the attack and no discussion of hiding behind babies. Hamas hides behind children. We know this. Aren't we supposed to notice that that is freaking disgusting? Where is her outrage? Her outrage is, yes, they hide behind children. And so Israel has to do it better. There is no better. It's war, you lunatic child. It's a war. And it's a war for existence. Because Hamas has made that very, very clear. There is a video out from a Hamas spokesperson doing an interview. And in this interview which was of course translated, the spokesman is saying we are calling or we are called the nation of martyrs and are proud to sacrifice martyrs. Israel country that Israel is a country uh, he says that has no place on our land. We must remove that country because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nations and must be finished. That is not a guy looking for a two-state solution. He continues, we are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson and we will do this again and again. The existence of Israel is what causes all the pain, blood, and tears, Hamas said. If, it, if it, it is Israel, not us. We are the victims of the occupation. Therefore, nobody should blame us for the things we do on October 7th, October 10th, October 1 million. Everything we do is justified. Now, if we're going to have a conversation about ethnic cleansing, these are people who actually want to ethnically cleanse. Hamas is the KKK. Not people on the political right. Hamas. And so, therefore, everybody who supports them and supports their admitted desire for genocide and ethnic cleansing is KKK. I was told that as the worst thing you could be called, well, Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Andre Carson, Jamal Bowman, you're all KKK members. That's what you are. You want to fight me on this? Cool. Don't get angry. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. You think I'm calling you a name. I'm not. I am pointing out what it is you've already said. I'm pointing out that Sonny Hostin starts with a theory that Israel has to do more because somehow Israel has done wrong. With absolutely no basis, in fact. There is much talk about a bombing that took place. An airstrike at the Jabalia refugee camp where a Hamas commander was killed what was reported was that this was a large refugee camp and 50 innocent civilians were killed that's what Hamas claimed Hamas also claims that more than 8000 people have been killed it's Hamas they lie It was Hamas that said that Israel bombed a hospital where 500 people died. The rocket came from Gaza and it did not hit the hospital, it hit next to the hospital. The hospital is still standing. They lie. Everything they say is a lie. Yet people like Rashida Tlaib will gladly repeat that lie. A lie repeated that I believe is reason enough to expel her from Congress. And I'm ashamed that Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, hasn't moved on that yet. Goodbye. Goodbye, you Jew-hating, despicable bigot. And we should say goodbye to your friends. Also Jew-hating, despicable bigots. Because in America, that's just not what we have room for. As a matter of fact, I think there's too much talk about the Jews as it is i'm jewish i think it's too much it should stop we should focus on other things hard to do when everybody's trying to kill you and the support is in the halls of congress we know that this strike on this jabila uh yeah jabila i think that's i think that's how i pronounce it uh it it it, it killed a hamas commander that's what we were told What we don't know yet is this idea of innocent people killed. We have seen what we were told that 50 innocent people were killed. But we haven't seen that. Now, I'm not saying it isn't possible. I'm saying it's totally possible. I am also saying it could have been Hamas militants who were killed. Something that doesn't even come into the mind of, let's say, Wolf Blitzer at CNN when he is interviewing an IDF spokesperson about this and does not care at all, at all, about what may have happened. He only cares about the narrative that he can push forward. There was a very senior... Hamas commander in that area. Uh, sadly, he was hiding, again, as they do, behind, uh, within civilians. And that's all I can see at this point. We're looking into it, and we'll be coming out with more data as we learn what happened there. So can you confirm it was an Israeli attack that uh, destroyed a big chunk of that Jabalia refugee camp? Yes, I can. We went. We were focused again on our target, a senior senior commander, Wolf, and we'll be updating uh, you with more data as the hour moves ahead. But even if that uh, Hamas commander was there amidst all those Palestinian refugees who are in that in that Jabalia refugee camp, Israel still went ahead and and dropped a bomb there, uh, attempting to kill this Hamas. Uh, This Hamas, Hamas commander knowing that a lot of innocent civilians, men, women, and children, presumably would be killed. Is that what I'm hearing? It is possible that there were innocent men, women, and children because this is what Hamas does. They put themselves in civilian populations and then say, oh, you can't get us. And the world does not excoriate Hamas for using human shields. Instead, you get the college set and you get the Ocasio-Cortez set saying Israel should do more. You get Sonny Hostin saying, why isn't Israel being more surgical? Oh, I guess there's nothing we can do. Well, I guess 1,400 Israelis died. and Well, what are you going to do? I guess you got to just let them be there until the next 1,400 Israelis die. And then, oh, you can't do anything, human shields. I personally don't buy into that argument. The problem here is that Wolf Blitzer is pushing that argument like it is factual. It may very well be in terms that turn out to be. I don't know who was there, and I'd like to know. And I don't have a number yet, and it annoys the daylights out of me. But look at how they frame it. This is all about the terrible thing that Israel has done, and nothing about what Hamas has done to deserve the response. Nothing about how Hamas did not allow people to head to the south areas of Gaza so they would not get hurt. Only now do we have the Rafah border crossing open, R-A-F-A-H, RAFA. You see the turn in everything, and we've got more examples of this. And why does it matter? Because in a society that will engage in these falsehoods, in these lies, in these manipulations, it is only a matter of time before it's utilized against you. And you've already seen it utilized against you. But you have to start from a real baseline of where these people are. They don't want to live in peace. They don't want to a two-state solution. They don't want to have anything like that. They want the eradication of their enemy because they believe they are superior. That's KKK talk. And that's Ilhan Omar, and that's Rashida Tlaib, and that's Andre Carson, that's Ocasio-Cortez, and that's Sonny Hostin. You're offended by the comparison? Maybe don't be somebody doing something that can make it comparable you believe that somehow you are ordained with truth and decency and these people aren't. Man, that is not an equitable nor uh, inclusive kind of thought process. No, is it? It is an elitist thought process. It is a dangerous thought process. And we are going to break this down every which way. Because we have to have all of the tools at our disposal, but, disposal to be able to engage this conversation. Because this conversation isn't about me because of my religion or you. About your religion. It is about all of us and the kind of society we want to live in. We're all in this. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. I'm Tony Katz. As we have seen, as we've gone through it, the housing numbers look terrible. You've got the issue with inventory, you've got the issue with interest rates, and no end in sight. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, good to be with you. I spoke with Lance Lambert of Resi Club, uh formerly the uh, editor, real estate editor at Fortune Magazine, about what he's seeing, and specifically these these interest rates.
1: Yeah. And so what we've seen here is that we've seen housing affordability deteriorate at the fastest pace ever. And that'll happen when you have U.S. home prices on a national level between March 2020 and today jump 45 percent as measured by the k Shiller index. And then as the run up in prices, which kind of slowed down a bit after spring of last year's rates went up, Well, following that interest rates went from 3% to 4% to 5% to 6% to 7% to 8%. And so this shock for buyers who would go out in the market or even people who were thinking about selling their home and then buying something new, it's just staggering. And so the affordability in the housing market and also autos, because the same thing is happening over in the auto market too, where prices overheated during the pandemic and then interest rates shot up just housing and autos the two biggest things in you know middle class people's lives have just gotten so much more expensive so quickly
0: and really no end for it my full conversation with with lance lambert i'll share in a, a little bit also i i can't say it enough the border is the number one story i will not i will not deviate guys Especially with what we've seen in the crossings, including weaponry, explosive devices, etc. But how Alejandro Mayorkas answered the questions. Oh man. It's one thing to say a system is broken. It's another thing to not answer why for three years you haven't fixed it. Maybe it's because you don't want it fixed. Maybe it's because you're too cowardly to look at the guy who can fix it and say do your job. This is Tony Katz Today. There is a video going around. From Halloween. Just yesterday. It was cold. But, you know, like a man, I handled it. I made the fire. Cigars were out. I did not hand out cigars to the children. That I did not do. Although, um, it'd be better than a a Tootsie Roll. Because as we know, Tootsie Rolls are just terrible. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. The video that's going around is of this family. There's a woman and there's a couple of kids... And you know how some people, like they they just leave the bowl of candy out there and you take one. You take one, right? And then that's what you do. That's what's happening in this video. Now my problem is, I never know whether these videos are contrived or, or they're real.
2: They're grabbing every
0: piece of candy out of this bowl. Handful by, by
1: handful by handful. And they're on camera. They're grabbing
0: everything they can out of the bowl. And even when another small kid walks up to adults and kids doing this, the other kids are like, wait, there's no candy for us.
1: Somebody gives them
0: a a piece of candy that from what they just stole. It's a very weird video. When you when you scroll through your social media feeds and you come across all these nonsense videos, and you can get lost in them, you realize so many of them are totally full of crap they' they're, they're they're nonsense they're just nonsense that you it's clearly all made up it's all made up for purpose of, of uh, some i don't know it, it, it hits some kind of giggle spot with uh with with the algorithms, but it's not real. I don't know if this one's real or not. I don't know if it is. But as a video that has now been shared around everywhere, it certainly is indicative of the problem. If you had a sign that said keychains, 10 cents, you could leave the keychains on a table in Times Square, people will walk by the keychains. If you had a sign that said keychain's free, there wouldn't be a keychain left in seven seconds. Nobody would even need the keychain. They would have thrown it out five minutes later. This is an issue regarding value. And this is an, uh, an issue not just the value of the item, but the value of self. So the people who say, I don't know if you've ever heard this expression, uh, if it's free, it's for me. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, or 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 not. Um, I uh, I find that to be one of the most despicable things ever said, and I find the people who say that. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, we can still be friends, but I do look at people who say that askew. If it's free, it's for me. That's That is some messed up stuff. And when I hear it from people on the political right, my head explodes. Conservative, my ass. What are you talking about? If it's free, it's for me. Look, if someone's doing a giveaway of something, I'm not saying you can't take what's being given away. I am saying that you... That to to actively desire this promote this I think I think is awkward I, I think it's a conversation of how you value yourself and certainly when you are a family there's, there's a grown man there are two grown women or at least there's one grown woman and then there's uh, kids what is this message that you're sending and you say to me Tony you're digging into a lot about people who stole some candy yes because that's where it is learned I cannot tell you if this video is real or not. I can tell you that the issue is very real, and so can you. We ask the question of all of these college students, how did this happen? Where did they learn to be so incredibly hateful? It's like the old drug commercial. I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. Oh, that was that's an oldie but a goodie. You got You got to be of a certain generation to know that commercial. Everybody else is going to have to. You're going to have to. I don't know. Go to CompuServe or ask Jeeves to figure that one out. It's where it's learned. The idea of self-respect. The idea of self-reliance. The idea of value. Do you never mind the things that you value? What do you value in and of yourself? It's Halloween. They're giving out candy all up and down the street. You don't have to steal it, people are handing it to you. Yet you come across a bowl full of candy and you have to take everything. You have to ensure you left nothing for anyone else. Now some ridiculous fool, ignorant as the day is long and probably works at The View, will come along and say, well, that's capitalism, isn't it? No, it's not. Because capitalism exists within a market where people have to prove their value in order to get somebody to purchase said product or utilize said product or engage some kind of trade for product. The leftists may scream capitalism is all about taking, but it's not all about taking. It might be what they teach on the college campus, which brings us back full circle to, what the hell are these kids learning anyway? Capitalism is about exchange. Seeing a value in something and saying, here is what I will uh, put to it in order to get that value. Right now... I mow my own lawn. Hold on. Let me, let me rephrase. Right now, I have kids who mow my lawn. They're my kids. And they mow my lawn. And eventually, those kids will be out of the house. Because I'm not planning on raising children who live with me till they're 40. Um, and, and they're nowhere near that. I, I, they're, they're nowhere near that. Please. Um, when they're out of the house... I will hire somebody to mow the lawn. Because I value my time more than I value the money it will cost to pay someone to mow it. I made a decision early on. I don't have cable in my house. It's weird. I appear on cable news, but I don't have cable. Um, I don't purchase certain things or do certain things and some things I do we all make you know these decisions and as Thomas Sowell explains uh, there are no solutions in life there are only trade-offs but I do ask this question about value and, and how I value my, my myself how I value my time and my time is much more important to me uh, than, than than mowing the lawn I'm not doing that raking leaves, nope I actually did a little bit of it last weekend to help the family. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I don't do this. And you say to me, Tony, you can't say that. Oh, yes, I can. I'm prepared to hire somebody. My wife would rather do it. I love you, boo-boo. Go get them. Go enjoy it. We've got some trees. Go to it. Now, the fact that I grew up on a street in New Jersey called Tall Timber Road with the biggest trees you ever saw in your life and leaves that fell every second may have indeed somehow uh, impressed upon me the desire never to do it again. But I don't do it again. It's what I value. I do not value that. I would rather pay somebody else to do that. But the question is, on a day where the candy is being given for free, why did you need to take all the candy What is it that these people valued? What is it that they saw within themselves or didn't see that they saw opportunity? They saw if it's for free, it's for me without recognizing that there's all this candy out there. They had to have every last candy bar. Not because they earned it. Not because they exchanged some value for it. Not because they were industrious at Halloween and set up a plan to make sure they hit every single house. No, they did it by stealing. It's an incredible, incredible video. And what do those values do when those kids are sent off into the world. What does that say? Well, got to get yours. What does it even mean got to get yours? I'm not saying that you can't go earn what you want to earn. I'm asking the question to, to this isn't about earning. This is about taking. And how does that apply in other places and other areas? Uh, I will post this, if we haven't already, at TonyCats.com. You tell me. First, is it legit? Is this a legit video in your view? And what what does this show you? These people never ask themselves what they value and they never ask themselves what they value about themselves. How they see themselves, how they picture themselves, the lesson that they teach. Never once. The lessons that we teach or the lessons that we fail to teach affect our kids and affect our future. And we're seeing that all over college campuses today. I'm Tony Katz. James Comer chairs House Oversight is making a claim. And the claim is that Joe Biden got a whole bunch of loot from China. Tony Katz, that's me, Tony Katz, today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at tonykatz.com. They, they put out a video, almost like an instructional video, uh, uh, of how this all went down. This is, I mean, for, for Republicans, this is actually pretty well produced.
2: Let me try that again right there, shall I? Great. Remember when Joe Biden told the American people that his son didn't make any money in China?
1: My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about, China.
2: Well, not only did he lie about his son Hunter making money in China, but it also turns out that $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check.
0: Now, I'm just going to say for the record, I am not a fan of the term China money. Something about that hits the ear
2: very awkwardly. But let's listen. And the Oversight Committee has it. Here's how Joe Biden benefited from his family's shady deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked company. It all began with a shakedown in the summer of 2017 when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CEFC associate demanding a $10 million capital payment. As Hunter Biden extorted this associate, Hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the Biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money. The extortion scheme worked. Days later, $5 million flowed in from a Chinese affiliate of CEFC. Over the following three weeks, Biden family members made a series of complicated financial transactions to hide the source of the China money. Here's how that happened. First. I mean, they actually,
0: they, they, they have graphics. This is crazy. This is, I mean, I'm impressed that they were able to even put this together and you're like, it's only
2: $40,000. I think that's not the story. Is it? Hide the source of the China money. Here's how that happened. First, Northern international capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West three a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lionhall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lionhall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. The memo line of the check said loan repayment. Oh, dang. Now, I I, I know that
0: people are going to say we need to see more. But this is exactly why, exactly why, I want the impeachment inquiry to continue because I want that made public. Here's how the money flowed and the memo line reads loan repayment. Who's buying this? Who is buying? Th- oh, sure. Some elitist in a, in a, you know, faculty lounge at a university is buying this. They're also the people who think that Hamas are the good guys. What the hell do they know? Go on the streets. Go on the streets and lay this out for somebody. Pick your town. Small town, large town, inner city, rural, whatever you want to do. Lay that out. See what happens. See how many people say, oh, damn, that's shady as hell. That's shady AF. Loan repayment, sure. What, What was the original loan for? What was Joe loaning money to his brother for? When did the loan take place? What proof was there that there was a loan? Loan repayment. That's. That is. That is unbelievable. That's like saying you paid the hooker but didn't have sex with her. That's nuts. Well, what'd you pay her for? To hang around. Sure. Whatever you say, that's Bill Clinton saying I didn't inhale. No one buys that. Now, in all of these things, let us see what develops. But in terms of setting a story, man, they've set a story. Now you gotta be able to back it up. And you gotta be able to back it up by finding out whether or not there was ever a loan to begin with. But as we all know, with all of these types of situations where there's massive money being moved around by these families, and I'm not just talking about the Bidens, there's the court and then there's the court of public opinion. I don't know what you're going to be able to prove in a court, but I think Americans know what it is when they see it. Their, uh, their nonsense meter is pretty good. This is Tony Katz today.